This past spring, the comprehensive 2014 American Religious Landscape Study from the Pew Research Center made widespread headlines with findings suggesting a continuing erosion in religiosity in the country. Since then, the experts at Pew have continued to analyze the data from this enormous project, which gathered information from 35,000 adults nationwide, and they've just issued a second report which offers a wealth of insights into how we experience faith today. Dr. Greg Smith, principal researcher for the project, was with us back in May when the first report was released, and I'm delighted to be able to welcome him back to talk about these new findings. Dr. Smith, welcome back to State of Belief Radio. Thank you for having me. I want to make sure that we're clear. You did a massive survey in 2014, And this new report delves deeper into the responses that led to the widespread headlines about uh, the drop-off in American religious affiliation back in May of this year. Am I right about all of that? And if not, tell me. Well, all of the data come from the same study, the same big, massive study we did in 2014. We call it the Religious Landscape Study. In May, we published our first report on the results of that study. That first report focused mainly on religious identity, what share of the country identifies as Christian or Protestant or Catholic or with having no religion. And it also looked at demographic characteristics of religious groups. Uh This new study that we put out uh, just this week, first week of November, uh, looks at the same data, but it looks at different questions. It looks at questions about religious beliefs and practices and about people's social and political attitudes. So it all comes from the same study, from the same data, but we've got two reports focusing on different topics. There's been a lot of attention to the findings about Americans who do remain religiously affiliated, that for them, there has not been any decrease in commitment and practice. Uh, Is that accurate to say? That is absolutely accurate. What you have happening, if you look at the public as a whole, is you are seeing modest but significant declines in different indicators of religious observance. So if we look at all Americans, we've seen a slight downturn in the share who say they believe in God. We see a slight downturn in the, in the share who say they pray every day, a slight downturn in the number who say religion is very important in their lives or that they attend religious services regularly. All these trends are kind of moving in the same directions by modest but noticeable amounts. Those trends among the public as a whole are being driven by the growth of those people who say they have no religious identity and by the fact that that group, those who say they're religiously unaffiliated, are becoming less religious over time. Mm -hmm. At the same time, most American adults continue to identify with a religion, continue to describe themselves as part of an organized faith, primarily Christianity. And among that group, there's, met, there's been no discernible decline at all in their rates of religious observance. In fact, by some indicators, those people who identify with the religion are perhaps more observant today than was the case when we did a similar massive study back in 2007. Hmm. I, I, um, I'm not sure I will even ask this 
question correctly because I, I don't want to imply at all that um, I don't trust your uh, methods of getting information. But I am curious, uh, when you're dealing with religion, how can you measure uh, the depth of it or the reality of it? Uh, how do you make decisions uh, as when you look at your data as to whether or not a person really is religious or is uh, just not describing um, religion in the way that uh, others would describe. I don't. I may not be asking that right, but how how do you get some feeling of security about uh, the data gathered, and then how you interpret it? Yes. Well, yes, you're right. I think when you ask people about any sensitive topic, including religion, but mm-hmm. also including some sensitive political topics or or things about their personal lives, um, you have to be sensitive. You have to be aware that people might want to portray themselves in a particular way when they're talking with an interviewer. Um, uh, you have to be aware of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, what we try to do in our surveys is ask a variety of questions about different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And that allows you, I think, to get a, a, as full a picture as we can get of the totality of, someone, uh, you know, of someone's mm-hmm. approach to religion. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just ask them about their religious identity or to just ask them things like how often they go to religious services. Mm-hmm. Because if people think that they're supposed to attend religious services regularly or that it is um, somehow admirable to be associated with one religious group or another, mm-hmm. um, then perhaps their answers might reflect uh, how, how they'd like to appear as opposed to, um, you know, their, mm-hmm. the, the way they actually live their daily lives. Yeah. But I think if you ask them other questions, like how important is religion in your life? Mm-hmm. How often do you do other things like pray, like read scripture, like participate in small religious groups at your at your church or congregation. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at all of these things, you can get a pretty complete picture of how people approach religion in their lives. I also noticed the increase in spiritual well-being that you identified compared to Pew's 2007 survey. Would you talk a little bit about that? Yes, one of the questions people have asked us over the years is, you know, if identification with organized religion is declining and there's more and more people saying that they have no religious identity, could part of what we're seeing be just sort of a transferring of traditional modes of religious observance and practice into less traditional forms? In other words, are people becoming more spiritual even if they're becoming less religious. Mm -hmm. And we asked a few questions to try to get at that. We asked people how often they feel a deep sense of spiritual peace and well-being. We asked people how often they feel a deep sense of wonder about the universe. And both of those indicators are up significantly since we first did this kind of study. Mm -hmm. One thing that's really interesting, though, is that those indicators of increased spirituality do not appear to be a substitute for more traditional forms of religious observance. Mm. In fact, we see these increases among 
the population as a whole, among those who are observant religiously in traditional ways, Mm -hmm. as well as among those who are not. In fact, in some ways, people who are the most observant in traditional ways are also the most likely to say they have experience with uh, or or have experienced some of these uh, spiritual uh, questions that we asked about. Mm -hmm. I noticed that you also looked at positions on social issues of Americans uh, affiliated with various religious groups. Uh, There's been remarkable change there, it seems. Well, there certainly has been remarkable change in people's views about homosexuality. Uh, We see growing acceptance of homosexuality across the board, including among religious groups uh, that have traditionally been fairly accepting of homosexuality, as well as among groups that have traditionally been less accepting of homosexuality. For example, the share of evangelical Protestants who say homosexuality should be accepted by society has increased 10 points in just seven years. The share of Mormons who say homosexuality should be accepted by society is up 12 points in seven years. Now, evangelicals and Mormons are still more conservative in their attitudes about homosexuality than are many other religious groups, but they've become more accepting over time. One interesting thing uh, that, that emerges from the data, though, is that that trend with respect to views about homosexuality is not seen in another important issue, abortion. Attitudes about abortion are remarkably stable, even as attitudes about homosexuality have become more accepting. So views on these twin key social issues of our time seem to be diverging in terms of the direction they're headed. Uh, There's also analysis of the political impact of the growing percentage of religious unaffiliated nuns, particularly on the Democratic Party, in fact, I, I found it humorous last night, Dr. Smith. I watched several of the uh, shows on different networks, and uh, many of them covered results of of this new uh, these new findings, uh, but they didn't know how to talk about it. And and so as uh, they they talked a little bit about their own religions and what it used to be and what it is now. But the major concerns seem to be, what are the political implications of this? I suppose that's a part of the uh, fascination or maybe the uh, exclusive concern about uh, the the elections that are underway. Uh, But how do you see uh, the the impact of the, the nuns beyond just the political realm but including it? Well, I think some of the political questions are very interesting, and, and you're right. We are headed into election season, and, and, and we know that there's often a strong connection between religion and politics, and so, so many people are interested in this. And I think that the, the, the question as to what the political consequences of the growth in the religious nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's a very interesting question. The nuns are growing in the population as a whole, uh, including in both political parties, but their growth is particularly pronounced within the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. In fact, fully 28% of Democrats and those who say they lean toward the Democratic Party now say they are religiously unaffiliated, that they have no religion. That makes them more numerous than Catholics, 
then mainline Protestants, then members of the historically black Protestant tradition, and then any other single group within the Democratic uh, coalition. We also know that the religiously unaffiliated tend to vote overwhelmingly Democratic, and they tend to be quite liberal in their political and social attitudes. Mm -hmm. So the potential for the growth of this group to have real consequences for American politics is there. Mm -hmm. However, it's also important to keep in mind that when it comes to politics, the religiously unaffiliated seem to typically punch a little bit below their weight, so to speak. Mm -hmm. They are less engaged in the political process as compared to those who associate with a religion. They are less likely to be registered to vote, for example. And recent exit polls show that the growth of the nuns, the Mm N-O-N-E-S, among voters has been far less dramatic as compared with their growth in the population as a whole. Hmm. So what will the political impact be? I think that remains to be seen, but I'll be keeping a close eye on it. I bet. What are some of the other key findings in this latest report that I haven't asked about? Well, you know, one thing I would point to is is maybe a little technical. I hope it's not too hard or too detailed to get into, but I think it's really interesting. You know, we're seeing that the share of Americans who are highly religiously observant, is declining. Not by a whole lot, but it Mm -hmm. is declining. Mm -hmm. Why is that happening? Well, it's not happening because there are fewer highly observant people in the United States. In fact, the number of people in the United States who are highly religiously observant is about the same today as it was when we first did this study. Mm -hmm. What's changing is that there are far more people and very rapid growth at the other end of the spectrum. There are more and more people in the United States who say, you know what, I don't associate with any religious group, and furthermore, religion really isn't important to me. Mm -hmm. That group is growing very rapidly in terms of their raw numbers. And so as their numbers grow, the share of the population that's highly observant dips a little bit, even though the number of people who are highly observant stays about the same. I think that's an important thing to remember. Hmm. Well, listen, that opens the door for me to, to ask a, a question that I've been curious about. Does, does Pew have a working definition of religion itself? What, what we try to do is look at multiple indicators. So mm-hmm. one key question we ask in all of our surveys is about religious identity. Mm-hmm. We ask people a pretty straightforward question. What is your present religion, if any? Are you mm-hmm. Protestant, Catholic, Mormon, Orthodox, such as Greek or Russian Orthodox, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, mm-hmm. atheist, agnostic, something else, or nothing in particular? Mm-hmm. We use that as our indicator of religious identity or religious affiliation, mm-hmm. and that can tell us an awful lot about the state of American society and about American politics and so on. It doesn't tell us everything, however. Religious identity is different than religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. So in surveys like this one, we try to ask a number of questions about beliefs in God, in heaven, in hell, about the authority of Scripture, and so on. We also ask other questions about religious practices. How often do you attend religious services? How often do you pray? How often do you read Scripture? And by asking a lot of questions on all these different topics, you can begin to get a feel for for the full picture. Uh, And these things are all correlated with each other. People who identify themselves as Catholics, for example, tend to have certain beliefs and certain behaviors, but there's not a perfect correlation. There are some Catholics who don't 
fit the traditional mold, so to speak. And the mm -hmm. same thing is true of every religious group. So what we try to do is look at lots of different indicators of lots of different elements of what it means to be religious mm -hmm. and hopefully use that to get as full a picture as we can get. Do, do you have any idea of whether or not the percentages uh, of the 35,000 that you report on, are, are they anywhere near the same percentages of minority religions uh, in the United States? We do find that um, that, that group uh, is growing, that the, that the share of people who identify with non-Christian faiths like Islam and Hinduism mm -hmm. and Buddhism um, is growing. Mm -hmm. uh, in the current survey, we find about 6% of adults identifying as part of non-Christian faith. Mm -hmm. The largest of those is Judaism, uh, but it also includes Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists. We do have to keep in mind that this survey is conducted in English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. So if there are groups, if there are immigrant groups uh, who, who consist of a disproportionately large number of people who would not be comfortable completing an interview in English or Spanish, then we might not cover those groups quite as, um, quite as well as surveys that had more languages. Uh, but we think that this is the best uh, this is the best approach we can get for getting a, a, as broad a picture as possible in the United States. Now, now here is the impossible question, but I got to ask it, and you be as succinct as you can be. Uh, put these two reports together, and then tell us where religion in America is today, and whether or not you think uh, it's going to stay like this, or where it's headed in the future. Yes. Well, I think that uh, as far as the state of religion in America today, I think what we can say is that, is that the U.S. religious landscape is going through some uh, important changes. The number of people who say they don't identify with any religious group is going up very rapidly, and the number, the share of American adults who are highly religiously observant is dropping modestly, but significantly. So these are important changes that are underway. As for the future, I don't have a crystal ball. Things can change. People can change. But one really interesting finding from these surveys is that th there's, a, there's a very important generational component to these trends. Mm. That is to say, a big part of what's happening is that you have older generations of Americans baby boomers, people from the silent generation, who are, are uh, by and large, quite religious, quite religiously observant. Mm -hmm. And as those older generational cohorts begin to pass away, and as their, as their numbers begin to dwindle, they are being replaced by a new generation of young people, especially millennials, who are simply far less religious than their parents mm -hmm. and grandparents. Now, what does that mean going forward? It's hard to say for sure. It certainly is possible that young people who are not particularly religious today may become more religious as they get older. Uh, previous uh, research suggests that that's not unusual as people get older. However, we haven't seen much evidence of that in these, in these two big studies. In fact, if anything, older millennials those who were in their late teens and early 20s a few years ago and who are now in their late 20s and early 30s, if anything, that group may have become less religious since we last did this big study. Hmm. 
Dr. Greg Smith is the principal researcher for the 2014 American Religious Landscape Study from the Pew Research Center. This week, Pew has issued its second report based on the responses received from 35,000 survey participants nationwide. The report is available online at pewforum.org, and we'll link to it from stateofbelief.com. Dr. Smith, I have to tell you, I actually had said to our producer, I hope that we get you again. You're so good at this, and you were last time and even more this time. Uh, This is invaluable information, and I thank you so much for being with us again to help us understand the insights available in this research. Well, that's very kind of you. It's my pleasure, and I'm happy to join you anytime. 